This is a HeadGum Podcast. WHM on screen, everybody. I'm Andrew Jupin alongside Chelsea Jupin, which some of you may know. Uh, this little trivia fact, this little sweet nug, we're husband and wife. Sweet nug is disgusting. Sweet it's nug? Is, why is that disgusting? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I find it disgusting. All awful. right. All right. Well, it's still a sweet nug. It's yeah. ju- All right. How about this? It's a juicy tidbit. <laughs> I guess that's better. Yeah, I'm the person who lives where you record, so I'm available for these kind of things. Which I'm so excited. I cannot believe we're finally getting to talk about the fact that the new trailer for the David Gordon Green Halloween drop today. Yep, 100% I've already watched it. I have thoughts. I know all of the words that you're talking about. Halloween is Michael Myers, right? That's correct. All right. Uh, but no, we are actually talking about Ocean's 8. Yes. Uh, from the year of our Lord this year, 2018, directed by Gary Ross. And I got to tell you, Chris Cabin, a couple weeks ago, you know Chris Cabin. I've met him. <laughs> a times he was passing. a groomsman in my wedding. Yeah, I've met him. I met him before I met you. That's that's actually a true fact. That's yep. a story for another day. Another dime. Um, but Chris Cabin just threw out there, I was like, oh, Chris Cabin, this movie is directed by Gary Ross. What has he done? Chris Cabin flippantly uh, tossed back, eh, see Biscuit. <laughs> which was which was technically true, but Gary Ross, a little bit of a filmography here. Let me sure. go through some of these, get your your take on them. So, director, writer, and producer of 1998's Pleasantville. <gasps> I like that movie. Right. I don't um, know if it holds up. I liked it circa closer to 1998. Yeah, I liked it in the late 90s. Yeah. I don't know. I can't yeah. say that I've seen it since. I know. Um, um, Paul Walker's in it. Oh, man, we all know about that. I don't know if you do know, because I know you said we didn't have to worry about him. We just told everybody uh, on a recent recording to uh, lay off that joke, (laughs) because we get it. Yeah. Um, No, so then get this. So Pleasantville. Um, Pleasantville. Seabiscuit. Seabiscuit, yes. But we back up a little bit to the... Toby McGuire, lots of... They they must have been buddies. Sorry, continue. (laughs) Man, being friends with Tobey Maguire. Can you imagine being friends so with So is him? he in the Pussy Posse? Oh, is Gary Ross? Oh, maybe Gary Ross is the godfather of the Pussy Posse. <laughs> He's significantly older than all those people, specifically because in 1998, he was a co-producer and writer, did not direct, big. The Tom Hanks Not film. 1998. Did you say 1998? I meant 88. I don't okay. know why I said it. Uh, whatever I said, but 1988. Yeah. Big. Okay, that's... Unfortunately, in 1997, producer on the horrendous Michael Richards and I believe Jeff Daniels movie, Trial and Error. Never heard of it. They're like wacky lawyers or something, or like Michael Richards is a wacky lawyer. Okay. Um, And Jeff Jeff Daniels is just taking it. Okay. Um, And then, so Tale of Despero, the little Uh, mouse movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't see it. Michael... Jay Fox is the voice? No, that's Stuart Little, of course. Oh, okay. Never Despero mind. was... Um, They're both uh, mice. <laughs> I believe Despero, not voiced by, but Emma Watson was maybe in the movie. 
I think it's a it's a full on CGI movie. I have no idea. I He's know. like swashbuckling or some shit. I don't know. Uh, he wrote, and maybe that's just it. Yeah, he wrote the uh, 1994 Lassie reboot. I didn't know that happened. Oh, what? You missed the Lassie reboot? I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> I was 10. Uh, yeah, nobody's really in it either. Okay. Um, there's a couple of the credits here, I think. Wrote Mr. Baseball. I don't know that. That's the, uh, it's Tom Selleck, and he's like a hot oh, shit oh, oh. baseball player. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets a... Uh, Something happens and he has to go play baseball in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, cultural misunderstandings. Uh, and then in 2016, he had that movie, uh, he wrote and directed, I believe, uh, the Matthew McConaughey uh, slavery-centric action movie, Free State of Jones. Oh, Yeah. Okay. Oh, and did I mention, though, 2012, he wrote and directed Hunger Games? Oh, yeah. wow. That yeah. was the good one. Yeah, I buried the lead on that. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That one was quite good. That was the good Hunger Games that movie. That was the good Hunger Games movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, a couple of creds from yeah. this guy, other than just Seabiscuit, Chris Cabin. I don't know why he led with Seabiscuit. I feel like, if he, anything, lead with... Why did you not lead with Hunger Games either? Why is no one leading with Hunger Games? Why well, was saving the best for last? I don't know what Chris Cabin's excuse is. I, I think, if anything, he's mostly scarred from a multiplex story about when Seabiscuit was in wide release. That'll stay tuned, I guess. Maybe I'll... Nah, dude shit his pants in the theater. <laughs> we just okay. put a garbage bag over it. Okay. <laughs> so Ocean's 8. The Ocean's reason why eight. we're, we're oh, okay. here. Uh, expanding the cinematic universe. Yeah. Of the Oceans movies, I guess. So the Oceans trilogy, now quadrilogy, now a quadrilogy, quintology. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Also, the I OC... also don't know if that's a word is part of the question mark. In oh, my voice. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. The real ten dollar word, if it is. <laughs> um, no, also the OCU, the Ocean Cinematic Universe. Okay. Which I think we could just call it. The OCU. The OCU. Right. It's, now a, it's now a universe. It is. Is uh, there OCU, MCU, Don Cheadle? That's overlap. Oh, that <laughs> that is some overlap. Yeah. Was Elliot Gould in any of those movies? I don't think so. Matt Damon is in Ragnarok for like a second. Oh, that's right. Good call. And was call. apparently supposed to have been in Ocean's 8 to bring it back to this movie. Oh, right. You said there was some scenes deleted. Apparently. Yeah. He is not in this movie, but IMDb <laughs> has all sorts of trivia about him as if he's in it. And it's like, oh, he previously was in blah, blah, blah with blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and that's it because he wasn't <laughs> in Ocean's 8. I guess he got cut. Oh, man. So yeah. save that for the collector's edition 4K UHD. Or maybe they'll kick off nine with him. I, I that, don't know what they cut. I don't, I don't know, know what it could have been. Well, so let me ask you this. Yes. And you've heard me do this on the show quite a bit. And I'll, sure. I'll leave you the honor, quote oh, unquote, the uh, honor. Uh, in a nutshell, sure. what is this movie about? This movie is uh, Danny Ocean, so George Clooney's sister, right. Debbie Ocean. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I have the castles pulled up. She okay, is indeed good, Debbie good, Ocean. Good. Mine had mine and had gone dark on my phone, so I was she's um, guessing. She's the right kind of Debbie, which is the D E double B I E. I, I mean, sure, but I wondered, <laughs> and I didn't do the research on this, but Debbie feels like an older name. I feel like a Sandra Bullock age 
woman would not be named Debbie. Like that's like someone our age being named like Patricia. Cut to a bunch of Patricia's tweeting. I know. Sorry, Patricia's born in 1984. I know. I know you're out there, but it's not. It's not the same. You've heard it your whole life. I'm sure. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, but that was. I was like, is Debbie anachronistic for Sandra Bullock? Are they just making it match Danny? Uh, well, what else could they like? Denise. A, a Denise. Yeah. Um, Diane Ocean. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> that would have been a nice one. Anyway, that's that's a thing I thought of. Um, anyway, so yes. so Debbie Ocean, I was supposed to be describing the plot, and I have already <laughs> failed, and I'm already bad at this. Um, so Debbie Ocean is paroled and decides that she is also going to start her own heist group similar to what her brother has done. Right. In her case, what she is doing is robbing the Met Gala. Not the Met itself, but the Met Gala. Now, for those out there, because I know there's a ton in listener land who, like me, only sort of like on the sidelines pay attention to that. Uh, I know it's like a big hot ticket invite in uh, NYC, as the tourists say. Right. So what what's the Met Gala's deal? The Met Gala is the event that they do to open their Costume Institute's big spring, spring-summer exhibition. Um, and that was what was... One thing that was really interesting about this is the parallels to how similar they are. I, I'm going to get it wrong, but uh, so in the movie, it was like the British royal or, or royal jewels was what it was. Oh, the, but the iconography the exhibit, yeah. on the poster for the exhibit was very like religious looking, and the current costume exhibit right. is religion costume costume work. I don't know the terminology. Um, and the chair, which is the Anne Hathaway, this is probably no in- not interesting to anyone, but whatever. The chair <laughs> of the actual Met Gala this year, which Anne Hathaway plays, was Rihanna. Oh, who right. Was in she, the movie. She was wearing like the Pope hat and whatnot. Yeah. So it feels very weirdly like a weird promotional item for the Costume Institute and the huh. Met. It's it's an interesting promotional crossover. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I can see a lot of. First of all, I think we should say sure. we both like this movie. We did both like it. I had this is what I would call a fun time at the movies. Yes, um, I had no real expectations for it because I didn't really know what to expect. Sure, I don't think I'd seen a full length trailer. I had very high expectations of this. I loved. I'm saying I loved the original trilogy. I've never. I, I remember feeling lukewarm about 12, but did end up really liking 13, but I've never right. gone back and revisited either sequel. Um, we saw 13 in the theaters together. Yeah. Yep. Um, but 12 was before we were dating, right? Yeah, because tw- 12 was like 2004. Right. So um, I wasn't even a blip on your radar. I hadn't met you, but I had <laughs> met Chris Cabin. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so I was so excited. I love Sandra. I love the entire cast. Um, I love yeah. the idea of an all-female remake of it. I thought it was going to be great. Uh, so my expectations were admittedly perhaps the tiniest bit high. And there were moments where I was like, this isn't quite as amazing as I wanted it to be. Right. But if I had gone in with normal person expectations, I probably would have <laughs> felt a little better. But I still did really, really like it. Um, so let me ask you this, sure. uh, a little bit of like a, a heavy issue thing here. Okay. Um, but 
So what you just mentioned, though, the all-female re- sure. remake. So one thing I've been seeing around uh, the internet is like, oh, you're just taking ideas with dudes and putting women in this gender swap horseshit. So what is sure. your like take on that? I mean, my first take is fuck off, who cares? Like, my second mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. Uh, is, and I was thinking about this a lot during the movie, this is something that makes so much sense to have women do it because, and they mention this, that women are so methodical and do think steps through in a way that you really need to do for these kind of heists. And they have the added advantage. And again, this is something they point out in the movie, so I'm not claiming it as my own idea, that women can be so invisible in a lot of these situations. Yeah. Um, you know, how many times are they just walking by people and they're not even paying them any notice, especially the women of color in the movie. Um, and that that plays to the advantage of it. So if anything, during the movie, I was almost thinking it's weird that they did this three times with very handsome white men and got away with it. Right. When it should be women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and then also like, you know, in Ocean's 12, Bernie Mac just gets thrown in jail for the whole movie. So. <laughs> Again, I haven't revisited that one. You, I, I listened to the episode. The three of you and Scarlett did a great job, but I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't remember this movie very much at all. Um, so this is uh, this is what you'd call uh, a deep cast, though, because we got Sandy. Oh, my God, yeah. Which, by the way, gang, we're tooling around an idea. It's called Hey, Sandy. It's a podcast where Chelsea and I talk about Sandra Bullock movies. Oh my god, my dream come true! <laughs> One of your all-time favorite movies is, is a... "While You Were Sleeping," yeah. the perfect romantic comedy that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, yeah. I would say also, not for nothing, because uh, I've seen that movie a couple times. Perfect hangover movie. Sure, it's a perfect Christmas time hangover movie. Oh yeah, you're hungover you at Christmas. You can't be hungover off of like sangria in July and watch "While You Were Sleeping," <laughs> but like. A boozy eggnog hangover in yes. December. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's a great idea. Oh, man. Hangovers for the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pitch so, that to a lifetime. <laughs> so you got Sandy Bullock. You yes. got Kate Blanchett, who's kind of like, she's playing a character named Lou. She's sort of like Debbie's partner, sort of like the Brad Pitt surrogate here, kind of. And I, I've seen other people talk about this on Twitter. I do like that they possibly hint that there's been some romance between them um is that right did i miss that you didn't think so i thought so and i i'd seen other people say that they they oh, got wait. the feeling from that i'm sorry sandra but... bullock and kate blanchett correct? yes that yes yes not kate blanchett and brad pitt that yeah i was like was benjamin... somebody mentioned rusty no no benjamin button though you can get a lot of hot kate blanchett <laughs> and brad pitt and then a lot of really boring brad pitt yeah man i love david fincher that movie's a snooze and there's a, half. a great 10 minutes in the middle of it though and that's it where they're both the same age <sighs> so yeah hot. it's yeah. great yeah. and then the rest and of that movie rest, i'm sleeping no. hard yep um, you have uh, television's Mindy Kaling, yes, uh, playing Amita. She's like the um, the diamond expert. She like yeah. works at a, a jewelry store with her family in like Forest Hills or something like that. Yeah, I didn't uh, Queens presumably. Yeah, didn't, I don't know didn't if grab they, the, the they neighborhood. Grab the locale. Um, it is all really good filmed in New York. It is excellent. That's, that's something I yeah. I. Thought of that like immediately at the start of the movie because the movie starts with like the scene you see in the trailer where it's her uh, uh, parole hearing with Griffin Dunn, totally unseen unless yeah. I was looking down at the popcorn or something and I missed him. It's yeah. just his voice. Like show we me only, that man. We saw it in the credits. Yeah, 
That's horseshit. Yeah. Another person who got cut. Men. Who cares? <laughs> Matt Damon, Griffin Dunn, you're out of there. Um, but so, yeah. So Mindy can't. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So yes. right after that, it's like establishing shot of Manhattan. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. A fucking New York heist movie? You bet your ass, man. It's very New York. It's very New York centric. We'll try to not make this episode too New yeah, York. No, I know people hate that. Yeah, I don't want to rattle Reddit when it comes to talking about New York City, having the fuck forbid. Um, so Mindy Kaling, yeah, she's like the diamond expert right. or jewelry expert. Yeah. Um, I think she's good in this movie. I, I would think say she's, she, great. she's, I think, the least used in the movie, though. It's tough. It's such a big cast. There are times whenever they would cut back to somewhere where I'd be like, I miss that person. So I don't know if I if I know who I feel like is the least used. I know that in our screening, her, I guess, spoilers, if you haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 total spoilers. We're just going to talk the fuck out of this movie. So her scene in the bathroom when she's unveiling her lab got riotous applause Probably, in our screening. Yeah, the largest. Yeah. Which uh, I guess is more for the set than for her, but it's still... I love Mindy Kaling, so it made me happy that but she it was, was like, getting so much applause. Yeah, well, because it was... I don't think it was, it was just the set. It was like, no, a, like oh, thing. here's this character going to work. It's yeah. a very funny... She pulls down like a, like the, a baby the, the, changing station yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatever else, and yeah. there's like all these jewelry things. I think, though, the reason she does have the least amount of screen time is she's involved in the like secret twist at the end of the movie. Sure. Okay. Um, right. Cause the end of the movie, again, spoilers, everybody, um, when it's revealed, like not only did they steal this one necklace, but they actually lifted all of the, the jewelry exhibit. from the exhibit and duped it. So like Mindy Kaling is kind of just in that bathroom or whatever the I fuck, like for a really dup- long time, <laughs> like duping yeah. all this jewelry. Yeah. Um, but she was great. Uh, uh, oh, fucking, again, TV's Sarah Paulson put this woman in so more So amazing in She's everything great. ever. She's yeah. playing Tammy. She's, she was great in The Post. She's done good movie work. Oh, who's she in The She's Post? She's Tom Hanks' wife. That's right. And she gets some good some good scenes in that. She does. You're totally right. I mean, as right. much as anyone gets in The Post, who isn't Meryl Streep? Or Tom Hanks. Or Tom Hanks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Bob Odenkirk. Even uh, the, <laughs> talk about another thing where the cast is too big that you kind of forget who all is in it mm-hmm. a million times so more so with the post than yeah. Ocean's Eight. I think it just it lends itself to the fact that I think the post is kind of ultimately I mean, a forgettable movie. That when you said Sarah Paulson was Tom Hanks' wife, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I do sort of remember that. She's got much more screen time here playing Tammy, who's another of these like. Uh, out of the game, you know, has right. settled. She's kind of like, she's sort of like an Ocean's, like the beginning of Ocean's 12 I, kind yeah, of character. If I get that they didn't want to make it too much connected to the original, the OCU as you're, as you're dubbing it. Right. Um, <laughs> but the fact that she lives in the suburbs, it was interesting that there was no mention of where's Julia Roberts. Um, Oh, right. I mean, I, again, fine. You don't need it. But it was still just like, are they buddies? What What's going on? Right. I don't know. Yeah, I love Julia Roberts, too, though. So I I would have been okay with her being back in, right. in a cameo. I mean, also, like, if you haven't seen the trailer or whatever, like, this movie posits that Danny Ocean has passed away. Right. So, but yeah, there's no, of, like... Maybe not. So right. he never ends up showing up, but he could in nine or ten. Sure. 
Um, but yeah, so she's like living in the suburbs, has kind of left that life behind. Right. Um, and Except she's... not really because her garage is filled <laughs> with stolen items. So what is that? She's like knocking off like supply trucks yeah. and putting it's kind of a weird line. And I want to see. Here's the thing. I need to see this husband because I feel like the husband has to be played by Zach Galifianakis because <laughs> the whole gag is like her her garage is covered with hot merchandise yeah. and Sandy's like how do you explain this to your husband and she goes eBay yeah. you need a Zach Galifianakis esque person to be like oh yeah my wife just gets all the deals on that eBay she's just so great at the computer or, or he's just some clueless Greenwich husband who is cheating on Sarah Paulson the whole time oh, and so he doesn't notice yeah oh yeah. you know who'd play a good uh, that kind of scumbag character and I'm sure He's a totally nice guy, but he'd pull it off. The dude, um, he's on SVU. He's married to Mariska Hargitay. Oh, okay. From Younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with whatever that dude's we name is. We always just call him Mr. Hargitay. I don't know his real name. You're goddamn right he's Mr. <laughs> Hargitay. Shit. Yeah. Um, so we're just going through this cast, which yes, I feel like... it's still... We're only a tiny bit of the way through. It's but these, a great uh, cast. Yeah, I mean, in these kind of movies, like... It's they live and die by the cast, basically. Oh, of course. The story, the story is the story. They they heist the Met Gala. They're successful. It's totally fine. Right. Um, totally surprising, and I can't tell you the last time I was entertained by her in a movie because honestly, I don't like that fucking Harry Potter character. Helena Bonham Carter in this movie, totally awesome. Yeah, most of what I I feel like I associate her with are Tim Burton movies, which I don't enjoy. Yeah, I'm sure that's the she's problem. been I'm sure she's been in other things. Yeah, I don't like I don't dislike her as Bellatrix, but obviously that's such a villain that I just hate it. But um <laughs> Yeah, I That's I, Bellatrix Lestrange. Correct. From the Harry Potter movies. Except I don't know if the pronunciation was, but otherwise. Um <laughs> Isn't she isn't like Lestrange or something? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but she's good in this movie. She's so good in this. I think doing a relatively okay Irish accent. Yeah, but... I'm not going to weigh in on that. I've heard too much shit on the internet over the years. Fair. I'll just say that it wasn't like a. It's tar- not Lucky Charms. No, yeah. it's not. It's yeah. like it's a very subtle. It's totally fine. To a non-Irish person, it reminded me of an Irish person I used to work with. So. Oh well, there you there go. There you go. And presumably that woman wasn't faking the phone. No, if she was, then th- that's very weird. <laughs> no, she's great in this, and she's play- She's kind of an interesting character in this whole scheme because she's not like a career criminal. No, yeah, and they do talk her into it pretty quickly, but it made sense. <laughs> but it's kind of it was an interesting twist. They were like, okay, we need to find somebody right. that's going to dress the person that's going to wear this necklace for right. the gala. Right. We have to find a down and out right. like shit out of like fashion designer. Right. To do this, and they find that she's got like all this money problems. Tons, she's going to go to yeah. jail for like right. tax evasion or whatever. She's lost a passport to Ireland, I guess. I don't know. They say we'll get your passport back. Oh right, yeah, her passport yeah. was confiscated. Right. Um. So it's that was an interesting like. Oh, here isn't someone who they found at like Yonkers Raceway and Casino right. or something. It's like someone who they like convinced to come on board. Right. And it seemed to me a good balance because so many of the other designer fashion designers who you see throughout the movie are real fashion designers it seemed like a good balance of bringing in the fictional character without it seeming like will ferrell and zoolander you know <laughs> oh man if mugatu, if mugatu had been doing the, the met gala exactly that would have been a, a slightly different movie how was that not the plot of zoolander too the 
millions of plots that should have been the plot to Zoolander 2 that weren't the plot of Zoolander 2. I wish there was a commentary of the two of us watching that movie because <laughs> we were what people would call flabbergasted <sighs> or dumbfounded. That's I another believe- like early 2000s movie that I really enjoy and I was so excited and I was so disappointed. That movie. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. How are they not working with Mugatu? How are they not working with Mugatu? Why is he still the villain? Kristen Wiig should be the villain. I know that's not what we're talking about, but I'm. I, <sighs> no, you're totally right. I'm so upset. Um, so the person that uh, Helena is hired to dress is, of course, uh, of course, Di- uh, Di- Daphne Kluger is the character's name, played right. by Anne Hathaway. And who is fantastic. Yes. Honestly, Probably one of the better performances in the movie, I think. And considering how many fellow Oscar winners she has in the movie, like that's really saying something. But I think I think she walks away the best, personally. She totally does. And an acting, uh, uh, not choice, but like a gift that she has, and we've mentioned on the show before, that she has to uh, put to use in this movie is being able to turn on a dime. Yes. Because the whole like Ocean's 8 thing, you're sitting there and it's like, oh, well, there's only seven of them. Right. They wind up making Anne Hathaway, who's like, yeah, she's the eighth. She's like, for the majority of the movie, she's the mark. The third act, yeah. You come to find out she's in on it. Right. Um, And it's great because you see her doing that like, She's playing the posh socialite, like, right. ha, 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 ha. And, and then, very much feeding into the sort of public perception of Anne Hathaway as being the really sort of stuck up, yeah. uh, too serious, too focused on herself actress, doing a really good job of leaning into that and playing with it. Yeah. I've uh, I've never understood why that woman has had to eat so many shit sandwiches. Yeah. I, I was not the biggest fan of the Anne Hathaway persona for a little bit, and I do feel badly uh-huh. about that now because I kept being like, well, but I love all her movies, but I love all her movies. And it was like, well, that's what matters. <laughs> like, it's the people who are being the cool girl actresses in the interviews that, I mean... I I won't throw out names because that's not fair then. But the but the, that sort of thing of like the oh gee I don't even care about this I just wish I was back at home eating pizza. That's what's fake. It's not <laughs> Anne Hathaway being like I'm a serious actress and I care about this. That's real. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I anyway, she's, sorry she's that was to- a soapbox moment. But totally fine. This right. uh, this entire show has been soapbox moments for almost <laughs> ten years, so it's it's fine. Okay. Um, no, I think she's totally great in this movie. I don't get. What her? Do they explain like what her job is? I mean, no, I guess not. But I, I guess actress. I don't know. I okay. think because she's leaning so much into the perception of of Anne Hathaway that it's yeah. sort of similar Oscar winner. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of great because for a hot sec in this movie, her um her like foil in her world is a. Almost unrecognizable Dakota Fanning. I did not recognize her. And I had to ask you who it was. She's all grown up. I haven't been watching that the the Alienist that she's supposed to be really good on. I did not see that. I saw her in um, the Ewan McGregor Philip Roth adaptation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I probably have not seen her since she was a child. She's was probably younger than Elle Fanning is now. The last performance I saw Dakota Fanning in. Yeah, and it's that movie, the Philip Roth adaptation, the name of which escapes me. I can't remember what it is. It wasn't Plot Against America? Though? It's not. No, no it's not okay. Plot Against I America. Know. I can't remember which one it was. It was fine. Okay. Uh, you know, 
totally forgettable. But she's kind of like taking risks in that movie. Okay. And I was the whole time I was like, "You're no Elle Fanning." Yeah. Sorry to tell you, Mm-mm. I think the the little sister's better. Um, but she's just kind of there for like two seconds, and I sort of thought, "All right, well, you're hiring Dakota Fanning to do something, but it's really right. like one scene." Yeah. They use her one as one scene, and then a taxi ad. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> the one in one point one scenes. One point zero eight. Yeah. Yeah. What does it count as scene wise if you're just a scene in an advertisement? <laughs> um, there's another famous picture coming up later in the movie. We can mention in a sec. But um, I thought it was going to be like she would play more into the movie a little bit. Um, but she's just kind of like one and done. Yeah. They use her as leverage. Like, oh, Helena Bottom Carter is maybe going to be hired by this woman to dress her for the right. gala. And that makes like Anne Hathaway jealous and right. hires her and whatever. Um, so I'll tell you this. One of the total walking away with this movie uh, performances, Rihanna. Yeah. As Nine Ball. Excellent. She's she's really great. She's come a long way since Battleship. You fucking, dude, you fucking don't, took oh, the no. joke right out of my mouth. Oh, no. Well, we both saw Battleship in the theater. <laughs> Same screening. Yeah. Well, of course. Why well, are we going yeah. separately? <laughs> oh, man, I imagine. Well, no. For me, seeing Battleship by myself would be totally fine. You seeing Battleship by yourself would be like, what were you doing I there? love Peter Berg and Taylor. Well, I, I sort of love Peter Berg. I definitely love Taylor Kitsch. You love Taylor Kitsch. You you like Peter Berg because he was helping out with Friday Night Lights. Right, yes. Uh, his, his movie's question mark. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you remember when we saw Battleship? Yes, and that guy <laughs> was literally on the edge of his seat. Oh, I'm not misusing literally nope. in the slightest. It was awesome. There was a dude alone watching Battleship yes. yeah. on the edge of his seat. He was and I so was like, it. It, it was one of those moments where I was like, Completely jealous of a total stranger because I was like, that guy is really loving this. I guess. I and I'm that. miserable. I'm eating yeah. shit for two hours. Yeah. What's that guy seeing in this movie? I don't know. And it was a weird, like, he did have, like, a Navy veterans hat on. So I was like, are you, like, reliving days on the sea? But you, but didn't, you didn't fight like, aliens. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Were they aliens? I don't even remember. I tried to forget that. I think, yeah, they're, they're definitely aliens. <sighs> and then somehow they're also playing the game of Battleship. Right. Uh, but Rihanna. Yes, is great in this and not in Battleship. <laughs> she's she's playing a character called Nine Balls. She's like the hacker tech right. expert. Um, sporting amazing, awesome, super long dreads. Right. Just totally great character. Uh, really fucking funny. She's got a moment where there's like a little sister character that comes yeah. in who's also like a grifter. Really funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they have some funny moments. I don't think, I mean, it's possible that she's done movies outside of this I'm, and I'm Battleship. Sure. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say as I'm, you know, entirely familiar with her, her music output. I guess... Um, according to the Tribune, she was in that Valerian in the City of a Thousand Farts or whatever that movie was. I bet that's not the name. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, it says that she was a performer in Bridget Jones' Baby. We saw that one time when we were in L.A. I don't I remember that. that. On vacation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she focuses more on her music career, though, but it turns out she can really act and is really funny. She totally can. Yeah. And also, this was another in-theater moment that was great. So, like, at the, the end of the movie, 
they like they basically have Mindy Kaling like break apart this huge Cartier necklace sure. and make and like repurpose it into like other different kinds of jewelry. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They all like carry it out. Yeah. And so part of that is like Rihanna, who does unfortunately spend a hefty amount of time in like a security van. Yeah. You know, it's observing a hacker role, like yeah. you're behind a computer screen. Yeah, she's looking at all the security cameras and yeah. whatnot. But like, she has to get in on the action for this final. Like, we're taking all these jewels out, and this was an in theater moment. You see Rihanna walking down the main stairs yeah. of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and she's wearing like this huge, poppingly loud red dress. No. And the theater was like, <gasps> "Yeah, you included." I yeah. heard. <laughs> It was a beautiful like, dress. She looked incredible. It they was all awesome. like the scene of them all once they get dressed up is is really the costuming work for the Met Gala is incredible. It's so good. It's totally. Mindy Kaling's dress is so beautiful. It's like this gold thing with it. It looked like it had a cape or something. Oh, they were all such good dresses. Man, I wish I could get away with wearing a cape. You could not. <laughs> Um, and then uh, rounding out the the cast here is um, this woman who had never seen in anything, right? Uh, Aquafina, right? A rapper who I'm oh, is she old, a rapper? Yeah, I'm too old to really know very much about her, but I know of her. Um, she was fucking hilarious. She's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and has a really funny role in it. Yes. Yes. Uh, they also, they did have the preview smartly uh, attached to this of Crazy Rich Asians that she's also in. It which was looks very great. great preview to movie selection. Almost everything that was on it, I was like, I want to see this. I want to see this. Even the Jennifer Garner stars in Taken thing. I was dude, very excited for that. That movie. Dude, just Jennifer Garner murdering dudes. I I'm all about I'm 100% that fucking movie. in. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm ready. I'm uh, excited. <laughs> it was like from the director of Taken and I was like, wait, what is this movie? Uh and then it turned out that trailer was awesome and I have to pull up the name of it cuz I don't want to just oh, say the Oh, Peppermint. It, it Yes, bad title. Bad name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah peppermint. But it looks it looks I'm, fucking great. Jennifer Garner is another actress I'm always pulling for. So totally. Um, also, I will say that uh, Aquafina was apparently also in uh, that movie Storks. Um, Probably just that was animated, right? So she's a voice doing a Storks. voice. Yes, okay. uh, she voiced Quail. Okay. Um, and then also, we did not get on board for this sequel. We did see the original, and it was funny enough. Uh, apparently, she's in. Uh, neighbors to colon. Oh, I didn't see that. Sorority yeah. Rise. Okay. Um, oh, and I guess. Oh man. So we may have liked Neighbors one, but we turned off the first of what she's starring voice acting in the sequel to Angry Birds movie. Oh to. my god, they're making another one of those. Yep. Yep. <sighs> At least according to the Tribune. Are you going to do an episode on Angry Birds? If I can get through it, we turned it off after like That's 35 true. minutes. You did the emoji movie. I feel like nothing. <laughs> there are no rules. That's actually true. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, Alcofina playing Constance. That's great. Very funny character. She's like the pickpocket. She's like the, the, the Matt Damon role. Yeah, but a million times better. <laughs> you know why? Because she's not a fucking infantilized baby exactly, person. Exactly, because she's confident and she's funny and yep. not the like, <laughs> oh gee, I don't know. Oh boy, I'm shitting my pants this whole trilogy. There's like in Ocean's Eleven specifically where he keeps fucking things up because he won't do the things that he's supposed to. Like he's supposed to wait in the car with Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn and he won't do it. I'd get out of that car too sweet. Well, Are you kidding fair, me? But he screws everything up. I don't remember <laughs> what he screws up but yeah i just had on that movie like 
for 20 minutes the other day. I don't what? Know oh, the first one? The first one. Yeah, was yeah, that yeah. 20 minutes holding up? Yeah, I still really like the yeah. first one and have fond memories of 13, but I haven't revisited 13. No, according to Chris Cabin, it still holds up. Yeah, though. I just, I can't, I can't um, contribute. So I think the thing that people might be curious about, sure. and there's not a ton of it, and I think that's the move, man. Not a lot of crossover into this other parts of the OCU. No, you've apparently there was at one point Matt Damon, but otherwise you have Elliot Gould in a really blink and you miss it kind of. He comes to Danny Ocean's sort of funeral-ish something. The possibly fake mausoleum, right. I think, is the idea. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, Sandy. You can't do this heist. Right. Whatever you're thinking about doing, right. don't do it. Well, right. bye. Yeah, basically. Um, which I think that's what Chris Cabin, speaking of Chris Cabin. Right, said was Carl Reiner on yeah. the 12 episode with yeah. you guys. But um, And the whole movie, by the way, thanks for nothing, Chris. I'm waiting for fucking Carl Reiner to pop out. I know. They were probably expensive to insure. <laughs> uh, you were saying Carl Reiner's expensive to insure. He's 135 years old, I believe. <laughs> we just yeah. saw Rob Reiner on MSNBC this morning, and he's looking old. Yeah, dude, when Meathead's looking old, fucking Meathead Sr. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, here's the thing that kind of fucking frightened me a little bit, though. Elliot Gould not looking that great. I don't know how old he is, but yeah. Um, yeah but no, he, who knows how much it was for the character. I mean, that guy was always sort of a... Yeah, uh, a look in and of itself. That's true. I yeah. now I'm curious though. I can't believe we didn't see Griffin Dunn's fucking face. Yeah, what is that about? I don't know. I Maybe. mean, he's got a, he's got all his paperwork in order. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Elliot Gould. How about this? Uh, on August 29th of this year, he will be 80 years old. Happy birthday! Right, Almost. he was born in 1938. This summer, yeah. so he'll be 80 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess also because um, recently you had on uh, the the String of Friends episodes where Ross famously fucking eats shit in England, an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of like mid-90s Elliot Gould there. So I guess maybe I was yeah, like... Yeah, those are like season five. So we're looking at like 1999. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe, so maybe it's just... I was looking at 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. Elliot Gould we most all recently. quite different 20 years ago. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, even our ageless Adonis, Chris Cabin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Elliot Gould is in the movie. Yes. Uh, and then also a little bit of a, a sweet little cam at the end of the movie. Yeah. You got Shaobo Kin uh, reprising his role. He's the... Uh, Chinese gymnast Yen yeah, in all of these and it, movies. And it totally holds up. It's great. It still has this, it pulls the same punch as it did in the original trilogy. And as a nice New York moment, sorry, non New Yorkers, you can press the forward 15 button. <laughs> um, I like that she goes and finds him at the Chelsea Piers acrobat classes. Yes. It was a neat, a neat New York touch. Which again, it's like a dude who. Is a millionaire. Yeah. yeah. He's just teaching acrobat classes down at the pier. It's in his heart. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't shake being an acrobat, yeah. a high flyer. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Yen is in the movie for like two seconds. He helps them out with like. But a great two seconds. Like Elliot Gould, you could cut Matt Damon, you apparently. Very you cut that right cut, out. <laughs> but I think his, his work's best. Um, and then a really nice. It's a literally on paper cameo. It's but it's an odd placement. You're seeing like Sandra Bullock's bathroom. Right. And there's a framed photograph of George Clooney, which is clearly just like 
Clooney in the wild, like some right. photo of him right. smiling, that fucking handsome smile. I read some, I had been reading an In Style with Sandra Bullock on the cover and thought I read that he was a producer on it, but I didn't see him in the credits when we were looking on right. it. So I don't know if that's what what the deal is there, if it's just sort of in name only, if he's like attached to it right. from being in the original trilogy. But he, I believe, did have some involvement in it, but was very clear in saying at least what the article that I read said was that, no, no, this isn't my movie again. This is yours. I'm not getting involved. And that's the move. Right. I feel like a lesser film and a lesser like situation of people would be like, Oh my God, we're so fucked. We need help. Who can we call? And then it's like, boom, boom, bada, bada, right. boom, bada, bada, bada. and then like multiple of them walk in, like Clooney included. Right. I really enjoyed the uh, 2016 Ghostbusters. Sorry, internet, please don't come at me. Please, please, no death threats. I really liked that. Internet, but go I fuck do, yourself. I, liked I it do too. think um, that you didn't need all of those cameos. I think those could have been cut. I think Sigourney Weaver's was great. That's kind of the only one I would keep. It's also just weird in that movie that none of them are playing the characters as far as I remember. Except Sigourney Bill Murray's definitely Weaver, not. Is she playing Dana Barrett in that movie? I think so. I don't remember. I mean I don't remember. It was two years ago. I like that. And movie why isn't enough. that movie streaming anywhere? There have been so many times where I go to look for it and it's not on streaming anywhere. Come on, Netflix. Netflix, I know you're listening. Please. Uh <laughs> I liked that movie enough. I thought the third act with like, oh, we're fighting a big thing again was kind of dumb. I'm talking I, about Ghostbusters. Right, now, no, no, no. Not no. Ocean's I, 8. Right. There was no big fight thing in, in the third act of Ocean's 8. <laughs> they don't fight some giant monster. I don't know. I love the third act of Ocean's 8, the, or, or of, of Ghostbusters, rather, excuse me, but I won't get into how Kate McKinnon made me cry doing all the fight stuff. We're not talking about that. That's fine. <laughs> Although I guess I am. We Hate Movies featured. They made a blockbuster for women in the summer person to come in and talk about these things with. right so you did appear I did wonder woman on our wonder woman episode. if there's a 2019 women blockbuster i still live where you record so i guess <laughs> i'll be available i don't know i gotta tell you it's nice just having you in the studio and the dog gets to hang out here normally she, she gets kicked out she's yeah. sleeping on the floor it's better doing this with your family than a bunch of fucking pigs that come in i'll <laughs> those tell you pigs that. are great <laughs> those pigs are great those pigs are something <laughs> Let's talk about the third act, though, because yes. we sort of both had beef with this. So, like, the heist goes down. Right. It's successful. Right. They get away. Right. They're, they're millionaires. Right. And then farting his way into this movie. And I will say farting his yeah. way because he farts right in. Yeah. James Corden. I felt the same way about James Corden in this that I do about any of the James Corden bits that I end up seeing online because I don't watch his show, but every now and then like stuff will get shared on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, you or can't whatever, dodge him on the internet. Where I'm always like, I like this and I think it's funny, but I would like it more without James Corden in it. That's that's yeah. how I felt. Like he was funny and I laughed at it, but I would also prefer it not be there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and can I just say, it's amazing the parallels that are happening right now because this is what happens in this movie. The third act of this movie happens and James Corden comes in and you're like, oh, like Chelsea James said, Corden, it, would, it, it would be better if it wasn't James Corden. And I will say, we just noticed before we went on the air, uh, our good buddy from across the pond, John Rain, 
host of Smirshpod. Listen to that, you guys. All you Bondophiles out there. And just fans of comedy, good comedy. Uh, Smirshpod. Um, he retweeted a video of, I guess, a bunch of people were on tour. Some, like, <laughs> pay a billion dollars to go on this, like, Beatles auto tour. And they were driving by Paul McCartney's, like, childhood home. Motherfucker was there. And, like, yeah. all of a sudden, Paul McCartney comes out. And I'm like, what an amazing moment imagine? for these people. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> like right behind him is James Corden. Yeah. It was like, what is happening? Yeah. Stop infiltrating the third act of things that are good. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Why was he there? Was he making that legend sing in a van? Were they doing a carpool karaoke? <sighs> was it confusing? Because then he has to be on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they flipped the frame for the fucking video. <laughs> no, I just couldn't believe it. There he is again. I know. Just he's, laughing. He's kind of everywhere. And it's just, he's everywhere. And he's always kind of fine. But it would always be better without him there. That's right. Yeah. Um, so he's in this movie as like right. a fucking insurance, insurance claims adjuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like investigating what went down because yeah. they, they realize immediately when uh, the the necklace gets taken back to Cartier. Right. It's kind of a really fun moment. That how they pull it off is they 3D printed it in cubic zirconia. Yes, uh, which or is pretty cool. Or at least zirconia if there's a difference. I don't know. But, uh, they well. just keep saying zirconia. Yeah. It's fine by me. Uh, I'll allow it. And so the du- the dude like looking through his little eyepiece yeah. and like realizing it's fake fucking great very funny a lot of a lot of great comedy in this movie but this dude who's like in two scenes right. both taking place in a vault yeah uh, very funny reaction to realizing it's zirconia I guess since we're talking about the men who are in this movie we can also mention Richard Armitage who I didn't otherwise know because I didn't see any of the Hobbit movies but I was going to say who's that dude he's the foil kind of the Julia Roberts character but not as big of a part uh, uh, playing Claude Becker in this yeah. movie yeah so he's in it if you liked him in the Hobbit movies oh, then he's, he's Thorin he's I don't. I, in the, don't I, I got IMDb up no here. No idea. I just looked him up because watching the movie the whole time, I was like, who is this guy? Apparently, it was supposed to be Damian Lewis from. Um, oh, from uh, Homeland? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a better choice. But I feel like, if anything, the, the role is so nothing that right. you'd be wasting Damian Lewis. Um, also, I guess he was in uh, Hannibal playing Francis Dollarhide, which I don't know that I watched enough of Hannibal to make it to that character. I've never seen any of it. No, it was season 13. uh, 13 of Hannibal? I'm I'm sorry. I was looking at, he was in a third season, episode 13. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) No, that that show had three seasons. (laughs) I was like, why are people complaining about it getting canceled too early if it got 13 seasons? That's more than Friends. (laughs) No, he was in the third and final season, supposedly, of Hannibal, playing Francis Dollarhide. As they, I guess, worked... Silence of the Lambs into what would have possibly been the fourth season of the show. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's, he's Thorin in those Hobbit movies, which I could not fucking tell you. I saw all three of them. You saw, no, you only saw the first one. No, I saw all three of those movies. Really? Not all in, in theaters. Oh, the okay. first one I saw in theaters was the thing where I was embarrassed for other people online. It yes. Was, it was a midnight show, and I went only because there was Star Something, Trek footage. Yes, yeah. And there were people like dressed up all around me, yeah. like 
quote unquote speaking in Elvish. But it was because you wanted to see the Star Trek footage that you also went to go see it in high frame rate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Apparently this dude's also in Captain America the First Avenger playing Heinz Kruger. I don't know. Uh, another character I do not remember. Anyway, yeah, I thought that dude was totally fine. He's fine, yeah. He's just some man meat that he's, they fuck over. He's not bad. I just, in case, because I know there are Hobbit fans. I'm not one, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're out there. They're I'm out there. not. Um, but that, I guess, is a character that's just in the Hobbit movies and not in any L.O.T.R. proper. Um, oh, 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 we were talking about James Corden. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, like, investigating, like, what the deal is. And the whole thing is, like, they're doing these, like, throughout the movie, it's, like, rule number seven, blah, blah, blah. Rule right. number two, blah, blah, blah. Similar which, to the, the original, at least 11. Yeah, I don't think they bring that back, at least not in 12. I haven't watched 13 in a while. Yeah. But, so... Sandy is like reminding them of all these rules. We think Kate Blanchett is like, hey, rule number whatever, no doing a job inside another job. And the whole thing is this dude uh, wound up putting Debbie Ocean in jail by ratting her on this right. like art scam that they were doing. Right. He's like a he's like a downtown like Soho artist kind of right. a thing. And so that sort of is the biggest sort of overlap between him and the Julia Roberts character. Not even just the art thing, but Oh, cause she, yeah, she she's is a curator, I or think. like an appraiser, or something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the scene where Kate Blanchett is calling Sandra Bullock out for why are you involving him in this is very similar to the scene in Eleven when Brad right. Pitt does the same to George Clooney about Julia Roberts. Right, right, right. So um, there's some symmetry. And then that also kind of flops back into Twelve because then like Brad Pitt's character has the right, prior that's relationship what you said. with yeah, Catherine yeah, yeah. Jones. Yeah. And, I'm fine with pretending that that movie doesn't exist well, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, you did an episode. You never have to watch it ever again. Yes, that's yeah. true. Uh, so yeah, that's so that's like James Corden thing. But that's what we're talking about, like the third act of the movie. Basically, right, yes. like it's it turns into like it's, the James Corden investigation hour. It does, and the biggest bummer of why you can feel it slow down. I mean, one is James Corden, but two, you don't get the women together. For the majority of the third act. Right. Um, and then when you finally do, it picks back up again. But the movie lives and dies by how great your ensemble is. Why would you get rid of the ensemble and just do a couple of here and there scenes with maybe Sandra Bullock and James Corden at Juniors? And um, Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Juniors and, um, in Brooklyn. Yeah. Some good cheesecake. There earlier is a scene at Veselka, which is one of oh. Andrew's and my favorite restaurants in the East Village. If you are ever in the East Village, gang, yeah. Veselka on Second Avenue. It's the Ukrainian. best pierogies. Ugh. Oh my god. The potato eh. pancakes. It's fucking awesome. Ugh, so good. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's weird because there's even a scene where James Corden goes and talks to this Richard Armitage yeah, dude, and I'm like, I, none of the eight are in this scene. I Let's know. get out of here. Yeah. You don't, you really, those are more stuff you could cut. I'd rather opinion. take, I mean, I'd take a fucking Matt Damon cameo over that nonsense. Yeah, probably. Um, Depends on what the cameo was. Who knows? Also true. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, we mentioned all the cameos. Those are all the, the refs. Right. Uh, those, those three things or whatever. The end of the movie is like, I found the last scene kind of weird. Oh, I really liked it. It's, I, I guess it's weird because I can't tell how much of a setup it is, slash, I was waiting for him to walk around a corner. Oh, wait. 
so you mean the very, very last scene, her in the mausoleum, not them on the subway cutting to what they did with all their money. No, no, no. I no. see. I thought you meant that. Yeah. No, we can that talk- I really, really, really liked. All right. So we'll flip flop it. We so can we'll, talk about that in a second. We'll, okay. First, but mine was first. All right. So let's okay. talk about your first. So, like, the. <laughs> I, w- I will say, so, yeah, the whole what they did with everything. Right. It's the promotional image that they released first of them all riding the subway together. Right. And it's very, a lot of this movie is stylistically indicative of the, the trilogy, which is very, nice. Again, yes. Lots roping of the same the, music, lots of the same editing. Yeah, roping into the OCU, everybody. I'm getting <laughs> that going. Um, but a lot of the same sort of transitions and yeah. everything. And a lot oh, of Kate Blanchett. That's another OCU MCU overlap. Continue. Oh, right. Thor Ragnarok, of right. course. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad you snagged it. I, I stopped a tweet. I don't know. It's been long enough. I probably didn't stop it. But well, now maybe actually, they'll, now maybe they'll delete it. Yeah. There's always that's always the fucking greatest where it's like, oh, looks like I tweeted I too early. So that's what you should do, gang. Take notes of your grievances and wait save till the them end. as drafts. Twitter <laughs> lets you save drafts. Um, so what everybody does with everything. Uh, so now, now I'm going to try to remember everything. Right. Let's see if we can. I okay. know. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett buys a motorcycle and just, looks like she's driving around Monterey because it looked like the beginning of Big Little Lies. Maybe we'll get a Big Little Lies overlap into oh, the OCU. Shit. I would love that. Into the uh, Little Lies of Oh my God. Um, <laughs> she, it's kind of like the most unclear. If only because they all got like $36 million. Well, but then she dollars. goes and she helps kill Nicole Kidman's uh, husband, who's terrible. And oh. she and Reese Witherspoon and Shailene Woodley all become friends. It's fine. Oh, oh I see. And uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so Aquafina just... buys what looks like a Brooklyn or Long Island City kind of enormous condo studio sort of space whatever she's really funny yes and she appears to be doing one of those like she's making a living doing like instagram videos or something uh Uh, which is pretty cool rihanna has bought a bar named after herself right which is nice pool hall yeah she goes by nine nine balls balls. so the 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 lounge is like niners or nines or something right and hathaway is directing because of course did you notice the woman? So it's like you see her; she's like directing, like a scene between a right. man and yeah, a woman. Yeah, yeah. I thought for a second there was a little uh, CGI tomfoolery because the actress that's like she's directing in the scene yeah. I thought was also Anne Hathaway for a second. I don't think they would do that. I no, don't know. it doesn't make any sense. It at doesn't all. make any sense. <laughs> uh, I, I did still have IMDb open from this, and one thing that we skipped as I'm going back to look to see who played her, which I couldn't find, though, is there is a great... Speaking of how much work this movie gave to women, there's a great oh. little featured sequence where you get that yes. they've hired older women to help auction off the pieces that they've stolen. And you get Marlo Thomas, Dana Ivey, Mary Louise Wilson, and Elizabeth Ashley all in a movie in 2018. So it's great if that's a thing <laughs> that you would care about. Uh one of them, not Marlo Thomas. Dana but Ivy is from Adam's family. Adam's family. Yeah, Marlo Thomas was... That girl. She's also in the Friends universe like uh, Elliot Gould. She's Rachel's mom. That's right. Okay. And uh, Mary Louise Wilson, I mostly know as a theater actress. I know she's been in stuff. Apparently she was in Pet Cemetery. I don't know if she's the mom in that. No, then, that's uh, What's-Her-Face from Star Trek. Then she's another person. And then Elizabeth Ashley was on Stagecoach. Stagecoach? Yeah. She also. She's uh, probably been in other stuff. Please don't tweet. I don't care. 
<laughs> is she a theater actress though? Because this I woman... think I think she's also from. She, yes, she's also in theater. I think she's also from Florida. So she looks know. terribly familiar. Oh, she's in um, Happiness. Todd Haynes' Happy or uh, Todd Solins, Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happiness. Yeah, she's she's a th- uh, three-time Tony nominee. So she's also done a lot of theater, uh, like Mary Louise Wilson. She's also. How do we not get this? We both love this movie. She's also in the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> I do love that movie. I fucking yeah. love that movie, That's a great dude. Movie. Charles yeah. Durning in that movie. Yeah. Ooh, he's so great. Um, anyway, sorry. So yes. how they all spend their money? They they cut to all of them spending their money. We're probably not going to remember the rest now. At no, this point. I was just I was just doing it as a challenge to us. We okay. we saw the movie less than twenty four hours That's ago. True. But, uh, <laughs> I I can't remember any of the rest of them. They all uh, Sarah Paulson. Oh, stealing more stuff, possibly buying some of it now and selling it. It, it was like. a weird, like, is she opening like an overstock.com type of... Maybe. I don't know. Because it's like her, she's got like employees. She's wearing a hard hat. Right. It's a There's warehouse. A, uh, like a tractor? No. What do you call this? Forklift? A forklift. A forklift. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, so she's doing that. Um, we got Aquafina. We got Sarah Paulson and Hathaway. Okay, Blanchett. What is? Oh well, so Sandy. We don't really see her. Well, we we cut to her at the thing that I cut you off from talking about, which right. we'll get back to. Oh, also, well, Helen Bonham Carter opens like a store on Fifth Avenue. Yes, yes, yeah. That's like her big uh, achievement. Now I think we we yeah we got everybody else. Okay. Um. So yeah. So she's so Sandy's back at the mausoleum. Right. Nice, cool little thing. She opens up a bag and she's got. Uh, a little martini glass and a mixer. She pours a little martini, puts a little olive in it. Um, and what does she say to the... She's like, you would have been so proud. Or you yeah. would have loved this. Or something you would have like loved that. this, I think. Um, and then we just cut to black. Yeah. And like, I thought that no was the George moment. No George Clooney cameo. You yeah. know? And when it cut to black, I was like, oh, well done. Yeah. Um, you I managed mean, to keep him out. Again, the thing said that he didn't want to because one, he respected the movie and two... He's a billionaire and doesn't need any more acting paychecks ever again. Yeah, no, he was busy, you know, living a glorious life in Lake Como, the set of Ocean's Twelve, <laughs> or at least part of it. Yeah. Uh, but no, when it hit black, I was like, "Well done!" Like yeah. you avoided, you had some, you know, weavings in of the yeah. other movies, but like it's a good, it's almost standalone. I don't think you do need to see the original trilogy to no, care not about in the slightest. Because yeah. I mean, with like Yen. Right. It doesn't that matter. Doesn't, you Elliot get Gould it. doesn't. No, like you know, if you haven't seen any of those movies, Elliot Gould could just pass as like you might confuse for like the father or something right. like that. I mean, you, I guess maybe you wouldn't understand who Danny Ocean is. You might be confused. Yeah, the, I just don't know. Maybe people, people will think it's a those... Gravity spinoff because doesn't he die in that and she survives? Maybe that's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He totally eats shit it, that but, movie. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, he super dies in that movie. Yeah. She's like sees his ghost for a while, uh, or it's like a hallucination or some shit. I don't know. I skipped it. Uh, yeah, well, because you couldn't do like the three. I get motion sickness. Yeah. Did I ever tell you a story when I saw that movie? Maybe in the theater, and uh, people will be listening. They might not know. It's it was not a, just you, me, and the dog. It's uh, well, that's what it feels like. It just feels like we're having a conversation. And the dog's asleep. So. Yeah, no, she's ignoring us. She it's totally fine. Attention. Oh, now she's on the couch. Oh, there she is. She's very cute. <laughs> no, I saw the movie. I somehow was able to finagle getting tickets to the premiere of the movie, like the New York. Oh, premiere. I do know this, and it's really funny. If you don't end up telling the story that I think you're going to tell, <laughs> oh, because it also in. Uh, is relevant to Ocean's 8, so continue first with whatever you're saying. 
Well, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's, so there's two stories roped in this. I got gotcha. you. I'll see. tell the second one then. Okay. You tell the first one. No, so I don't know why I'm telling it. It's not my story, but whatever. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think the deal was a buddy of mine had tickets, and he was like. Uh, oh, do you want to go see Gravity? I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And it turned out to be the New York premiere of the movie, which was weird. Uh, I totally wasn't dressed for it. Um, <laughs> but we were sitting in front of Regis Philbin. Oh, that's right. Okay. And so we're watching the movie and like, I don't know if it was like the first 3D movie Regis Philbin had ever seen <laughs> or like. It's what like the-, the train coming towards him the first time and he doesn't <laughs> he understand it. <laughs> Oh, I almost got killed. <laughs> I think he was there for that premiere too, though. Probably. Um, no, but so we got Regis, and so this movie's happening. And Gravity is a movie that's only worth watching if it's in 3D sure. and on a screen. It's a very yeah. immersive thing. Whatever Neil deGrasse Tyson, I don't care how <laughs> inaccurate it is. It was fun. fun, but Regis, like you're just watching this movie and all this harrowing shit has happened, and you just got like, wow, <laughs> whoa, holy cow. He's like screaming in the sure. fucking theater. Yeah. Uh, no, but then so coming out, there's so, another connecti- so connective tissue here. Andrew, through work, gets to see more celebrities, movie stars, people in entertainment than I do. And most often, my question is, how tall are they? <laughs> so one person that he came home from the premiere and he said that he saw was Katie Holmes. And I wasn't making it up. She was actually there. I wasn't just saying it. I. I believe you. And I love Dawson's Creek, so I was very excited. And where we're saying it's relevant to this is she does have one line in Ocean's 8. Yeah. Uh, she's a Met Gala attendee playing Katie Holmes, right. not not playing anyone else. Um, but so when you saw Gravity, you said that the story was that you were like, Chelsea's going to want to know how tall Katie Holmes is. Is she wearing heels? And that you went to check to see, because she was quite tall, like, is this all shoes? Is she an actually tall woman? I don't know. Right. And that you checked, and she was wearing a little bit of a heel, but not much, so she's obviously tall-ish, but not, you know, whatever. But that she caught you doing that and thought you were checking her out and was yes. like, this scumbag. <laughs> yeah, she was like, look at this pig. Look at this pig looking at me. And people, when I related that to people, they're like, uh, Andrew was just checking out Katie Holmes. I'm like, then why would he tell me? No, this was the shoes. I believe you. <laughs> Maybe I'm being naive. But I, I mean, I one you. could argue that it was a two for one Fine, situation. But... but I know I was like, she's going to want to know. I got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> so I got to look at her feet. What is she wearing? Yeah. And it turns out she's not a giant woman. <laughs> uh, but no, she caught me. I got I got caught in a peak. Yeah. And it was a real get a good look Costanza situation. <laughs> I felt embarrassed. And then we got off the elevator and she never spoke to me again. Heartbreaking. Uh, escalator, excuse yeah. me. And now she's with Jamie Foxx. She found... <sighs> Can't even believe it. It could have been you. I can't even. I just missed it. You I was, could have been doing this with Katie Holmes. Been like, hey, how was your cameo in Ocean's 8? <laughs> I was just too dazzled by Regis. Yeah, well, <laughs> who wouldn't be? <laughs> um, so that's the movie. That's they it. sort of like leave the door open yeah, for I sequels. Think Nobody's in jail or anything. I don't know how box office look, is looking so far. We're recording this Saturday night of opening weekend. Yeah, I haven't been paying attention. So I don't just know. Um, but they're definitely leaving possibility. And it's also like um, the the kind of the real question, and it's a challenge for a sequel to get made if they do an Ocean's Ten, because the only or, oh pardon me nine right. yes I'm getting Counting. ahead of myself I just really want that trilogy <laughs> I want them all to line up yeah because um, there's no real uh, 
and I guess this is sort of a weird part of the movie. There's no real antagonist here. There's no Andy Garcia character. Yeah, you kind of have that in Anne Hathaway, but then she flips. So yeah. But so then my my cautious I guess James Corden. That's the thing. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. Like I let's so. figure something out. Honestly, I don't know. have her. Have Debbie and crew fuck over Andy Garcia again. I'll watch that. Have Anna Wintour be like, you guys messed up my party. Anna Wintour is like, I'm going full in on acting now. Because she just, has, she's she got is featured in this, which makes it a nice sort of weird alternate universe Devil Wears Prada yes, sequel yep. in its own way. I don't know. Connect the dots. It's there. But um, it was weird, though. Didn't you think... Um, because they take so they they show her when they cut to her office, uh, it's like Sarah Paulson's got yes. a job there, and she's from behind, yes. and you see the famous it's like very bowl cut. Um, what's his name um, Steinbrenner on Seinfeld. On yes, Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner on yeah. Seinfeld. There it is. There it is. And I was like, oh fuck, are we just not going to show her? Yeah. But then they like kind of turn all in the Met Gala scenes though. She might have just not filmed the stuff. No, you do. They they do a cut. You do you do see her like from profile. She's got like two lines. Oh right, now I remember that. She does actually say it, and I was like, "All right, good," because that would have been really gimmicky. It's a little silly uh, and kind of stupid. But so that's the. I mean, you gotta find somebody because I cannot cannot suffer more James Corden Corden in in another. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, But so overall, you're satisfied. You would recommend this movie. yeah, I think if you're in the mood for a women-led summer blockbuster, it's going to be a little while before Mamma Mia, Here I Go Again <laughs> opens. Um, you know, if that's something you want, if you really like the Oceans trilogy, which I do, this is a, a fun time. Everyone in the theater when we went to go see it seemed to be having a really good time. Hooting and hollering. Lots of, of enthusiastic moviegoers. Yeah, absolutely. I would recommend it. Also, if you're uh, like way more up on like the fashion scene, yeah, because there were so many moments when they're showing like the gala, and I was like, "All yeah. right, I see like Kim Kardashian yeah. in the B-roll, okay, right." But there were so many people that even the two of us were like, "Huh?" Yeah. But a lot of the people in the theater were like, "Ooh." I think we were a little older than a lot of the people in the theater, yeah. and they seemed to know them. There was Gigi Hadid at one point, and I was like, "I think that's a Hadid sister, <laughs> but I don't know which one." Um, yeah, so if the Met Gala is a thing you're excited about during the year, then this is a fun caper take on it, you know? Yeah, no, you know, it was just nice to have it in a thing that, like, wasn't a casino. It was a nice change to New York. And I mean, maybe people who really love Vegas and love casinos feel that way about Eleven, I guess. I mean, not that you or I are connected to the Met Gala even slightly. No. I watched half an hour of the red carpet this year, so that means I'm an expert. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we're at least we live in the city where it happens with the tiniest bit con- more connected. So that made it interesting to us. If you are a person who is even more connected to the Met Gala than proximity, then you will actually care about this movie. I'll say to add on to the like how much of a New York movie it is. It must have been a bitch to film in that museum. Yeah, and they actually. Yeah, do it. I would really love to know more about, you know, some sort of director's commentary because it is all in the Met. That must have been a lot of evenings. Yeah, what's the lot. time of day? Yeah. What are we doing? It, I mean, they're they're not getting daylight. They're in the the Egypt rooms and, and getting a lot of outside, and it's all nighttime. So I think that that helps. Because the, the Egyptian room, though, am I remembering or not this the wrong? Egyptian it's all room. sun. Right. 
It's right. all yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, that room they're in for a lot of it. That's where the heist ends up, or not happening. It's where a lot of it happening-ish. is. Happening-ish. Happening-ish. It's all yeah. happening-ish in lots of places. And it's nighttime, so that helps. Yeah. It was probably two in the morning. There's probably so many tired Met employees working there being like, yeah. please don't actually steal anything. We're so tired. <laughs> a lot of frustrated security guards. <laughs> so, so tired. Um, but no, yeah. So as as anyone who's fans of like on-location shooting, this movie's got it all over yeah. the board. It was really impressive. Very, very cool. Uh, especially filming in the world's greatest museum. Yep. Sorry, Louvre. <laughs> we haven't been there. I don't know. No, no, the Met's the greatest. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. So that that concludes this Ocean's Eight on screen. Yeah. Recommendations from uh, the Jupin family, at least. The dog was fine with us going to see it because she got to nap at home. <laughs> and she got to nap while we recorded about it too. <laughs> she sleeps a lot. She does sleep a lot. Oh, yeah. Man, the life of a dog. Sixteen hours a day, I think, something like that. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Andrew Jupin, and I'm Chelsea. Take it easy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.